Hello, everyone. My name is Deanne Jules. I am the Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I'm here with Dr. Stavros Tabanaki, Chairman of the Board. We are joined by Task Force and Working Group Chairs, Mr. Richard Fleck, Mr. Ian McPhee, Mr. Brian Friedrich, and we are recording this session at the National Association of State Board of Accountancy, NASBA, and we're here to convene some of the highlights from the Ethics Board's three-day meeting, which was held this week, June 17th to 19th, 2019, right here in Tennessee. Stavros, may I invite you to share your reflections of this week's meeting? Thank you, Diane, and greetings to all our listeners. We are in Nashville, Tennessee. We've just uh, finished our second meeting of the year, which was a very good meeting, included a lot of discussion on our standard-setting projects, and we made good progress on those. My colleagues who will follow will talk about all the progress we did on the various projects. I would like to point out before saying anything else that we have just crossed an important milestone, June 15th, which is the effective date for the restructured and revised Code of Ethics. This is, of course, uh, a very important milestone for obvious reasons, but especially because there is a lot of momentum out there on adoption of the code, of the restructured code, both among G20 jurisdictions and others. We have been, of course, doing a lot of outreach. We've been very active to motivate adoption of the restructured code, and we're happy to see that the momentum has been created and it's growing bigger. In order to assist with uh, adoption and eventual implementation of the code, a working group of VSBA has devised many tools and uh, many outreach uh, activities that uh, are helpful for the adoption of the code. I will not mention all of them, but I will certainly mention that we have had two very successful webinars attended by more than a thousand people in many, many jurisdictions around the world. And we are planning to have one more at the later part of the year so that uh, we keep raising the level of awareness about the restructured code and the need to adopt it. I will also say that uh, a very important tool uh, related to the code and to its adoption and easy utilization is the e-code that we're preparing and that will be launched, but I will let my colleague Brian Friedrich talk about that in a few minutes in more detail. All in all, I would say that both on the front of standard setting and on the front of outreach and efforts to promote the new restructured code, we have marked very considerable progress. And so I'm very pleased with the, these outcomes of our meeting. Thank you very much, Stavros. At this time, I'd like to invite Richard, um, if you could share with our listeners about um, the progress made on rule and mindset and non-assurance services. Thank you, Diane. Let me start with Roland Mindstead. Uh, that's a project that we've been working on for some 
considerable period of time, and I'm delighted to be able to say that the uh, draft provisions were approved for exposure at this meeting. Uh, the drafts will be exposed, the exposure draft will go out towards the end of July 2019 and will be subject to a 90-day uh, comment period which will enable us to consider the responses we get at our December meeting. I don't think really there's anything to add to that, uh, so I'll go on to non-assurance services. The non-assurance services discussion was uh, a very important milestone in this particular project because it was the first time that the board had an opportunity to consider all the provisions that we have been working on. At the end of the, the uh, session, uh, it was clear that there were no changes to the direction of travel that the task force had developed, and which, in fact, it had talked to the board about it in March, uh, namely that we should retain the distinction between pies and non-pies, public interest entities and non-public interest entities, that we should introduce a prohibition on the provision of non-assurance services to public interest entities where those services give rise to a self-review threat, and we should enhance the communication requirements with those charged with governance. The Board had a very constructive and a very comprehensive discussion of the revisions that were proposed to Section 600, which includes subsections 601 to 610. A lot of very constructive comments made to help with the drafting of the document. Uh, some enhance the uh, clarity of the document and others ensure that uh, ambiguities are avoided. The task force will now produce a revised draft for consideration by the uh, consulting advisory group and the board in September uh, with a view to the draft becoming an exposure draft going out in the second half of this year. Thank you, Diane. Thank you very much, Richard. Ian, please tell us about the fees project. Uh, thanks, Diane. The fees project is one of the board's current priorities and certainly from its inception has had strong support uh, from the PIOB and other key stakeholders. The board has been supportive of the direction to strengthen the provisions of the code to address threats to independence arising from fee-related matters. Uh, and central to the proposals is a clear requirement that a firm shall be satisfied that the level of audit fees for an audit does not affect the firm's ability to perform the audit in accordance with professional requirements. We think this is an important statement and so we'll be working to refine the proposal uh, for the board's further consideration. We're also looking to provide greater transparency on fee-related matters to those charged with governance of audit clients that are public interest entities. Further, we're looking at a requirement for the public disclosure of certain fee-related information. And again, the board is open to considering that further at its next meeting. And finally, um, we're looking to strengthen the safeguards in cases where there is a significant fee dependency by a firm on an audit client. We will gather up these proposals, do some more work on them and take them to the board's meeting in September for further consideration. Thanks, Deanne. Thank you, Ian. Over to you, Brian. Please let us know about the e-code. Thanks, Deanne. Well, first off, I'm very pleased to say that phase one is substantially complete and we're on track to launch eCode on June 26th. 
The e-code will facilitate access, learning, compliance, and enforcement of the revised and restructured code that, as Stavros already mentioned, just became effective on June 15th. The e-code is easy to use on multiple platforms, whether on your laptop or tablet, or even referencing it on your smartphone. So at the meeting, Don Thompson, our phase one chair, reported that all issues that were identified and the, the feedback that was received during the beta testing process has been considered and either addressed as part of our phase one launch version or noted for consideration in a next phase. In terms of phase two, the board considered our working group's suggested work streams as this post-launch stage of the East Code initiative. Our first work stream is operations and maintenance, such that as the e-code launches and we start to receive user feedback and evaluate the web analytics, we'll undoubtedly find tweaks and fixes that will be needed. We'll also be working with IFAC to finalize the protocols and the processes for ongoing updating of the code content within the e-code platform as this platform is hosted by IFAC. The focus of the second work stream is to prioritize and develop new features that are based both on working group and board discussions that we had during phase one, as well as those that will arise from user feedback that's received once the product is live. Some of the features already being planned include adding additional non-authoritative content, a forthcoming pronouncement section, as well as adding an effective date filter, which essentially intends to provide the ability to access different versions or to time travel through the code, beginning with this 2018 version and forward. And then finally, our third work stream relates closely to our objective of increasing access to and adoption of the code by being able to transfer the eCodes platform to national jurisdictions for their customization and to use it locally. And this activity will also involve considerable collaboration with our colleagues at IFAC, two of whom now sit on our phase two working group as members. So look forward to these exciting developments and new features as we work on these activities over the coming months. And I certainly hope that you'll take advantage of the e-code when it launches on June 26th. We look forward to your feedback. Thank you very much, Brian. Certainly an exciting in initiative, the e-code. Stavros, do you have any closing thoughts? Thank you, Diane. Yes, I do. Well, it's obvious from the reports of my colleagues that uh, we are making very important progress on a number of fronts, and we are very optimistic that once these projects are uh, completed, these will make a very significant step forward in specifying the requirements for ethical behavior for uh, accountants around the world. So we are very optimistic in that. The last thing I would like to also say is that this is a time at which we are collaborating in many different ways uh, with many other colleagues and um, groups for various uh, goals. We are, of course, pushing forward our collaboration with the IAASB, our coordination effort, as we call it. We are having discussions with IFAC about collaborating in the facilitation of implementation and adoption of the code. And, of course, we are also intensifying our discussions and our collaboration with national standard setters uh, around the world. So these are examples, but the most important ones of our uh, dialogues and collaborations. So this, I think, gives a bird's eye view of where we are in terms of work on ethics. 
Exciting. Well, thank you very much, Stavros, Brian, Ian, and Richard for your time and um, updating our listeners today. At this time, I'd like to remind our listeners that the next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held on September 16th through 19th in New York. The meetings of the Ethics Board are always open up to the public, and we encourage interested parties to observe our meetings. To register as an observer, please visit us at www.ethicsboard.org forward slash meetings. At the IESBA's website, you can find more information about the Ethics Board and each of the projects that were discussed today. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each meeting, and you can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, that's I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore board and keep up to date with the activities of the ethics board there. Thank you very much for listening and have a pleasant day. Mm -hmm.